to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. chapter 2, look at verse 41. It says, Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But they were supposing him to have been in the company with the day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. How I many know that freaked out anything? Look at verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou this dealt with us? Behold thy father, and I have sought thee solemnly. And he said unto them, How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Say my father's business. Notice Jesus at a very young age already knew what his purpose was. He already knew why he was here at the age of 12. He wasn't still trying to discover. He was here for one reason, one reason only. He was here for his father's business. How many know the Father's business is the kingdom of God and the extension of it in the earth realm? Jesus preached. When he preached, he preached about the kingdom of God. When he acted, he acted in accordance with the, with the kingdom of God. 
Everything that he did was lined up with the kingdom of God. How does the kingdom of God operate? Just study Jesus. He's basically the kingdom of God in sandals. Everything that he did was lined up with the kingdom. Everybody's looking for a simple life, especially now the way the world's going and everything else. You cannot find anybody with a simpler life than Jesus Christ. What was a simple life? I got to be about my father's business. That was it. He was going to fulfill what he was put here to do, and simply the kingdom of God was it. People in this day and age, and many Christians that I run into, basically have no idea why they're here. They have no idea what they're supposed to be doing here. They have no idea what's going on. That's why people are distraught, why people are disappointed. I'm telling you, if you do not fill your life with God's purpose, you will fill your life with something else. For me, it was alcohol for 30 years. I didn't know God's purpose, didn't care about God's purpose. Man, I had my own plans, man. Big time being a DJ, baby. I'm going to be on the stage. We're going to be dancing. Down. So here we go, praise God. We've got rock band out here. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. I had my own plans, but I had to fill it with something, so I filled it with alcohol. So whether it was drugs or sex or a husband or a wife, some people try to fill it with that. How I many know that's not going to fill it? It's got to be filled with the purpose of God. That's what you've got to find in your life if you're going to live a life, basically, of peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment in your life. You have to find out the purpose that God has created you for so you can be about your father's business. Now, there's two problems, basically, that I found in my own life. One was I had an absence of priorities. I didn't have any priorities. I was just drifting along every day, going back and forth through life. Case the law, survive, whatever will be, will be. And then all at once when I got a little older and I thought I better start doing something, I started shooting out in different directions. This is what I'm going to do. And I'd start it and I'd get about halfway through it and I'd lose interest and I'd say, no, 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 this is what I should be doing right now. And I'd head in that direction and I'd go about halfway there and I'd, now this is the direction I'm supposed to be going. What was it? I couldn't make up my mind where I was going because I had no priorities. Once you find your purpose, your priorities will start to line up with your purpose. And by doing your priorities, you will advance in your purpose. But if you don't have a purpose, I mean... A road will take you anywhere if you don't know where you're going. You can take any road you want. Where are you going? I don't know. What road are you going to take? Don't matter. Don't know where I'm going anyway. And basically, many people in life are that way. They don't know where they're going. They don't know what they're doing. So they're just doing whatever they can do. But basically, you are going to fill it with something. So I had an absence of priority. And then for a little while, I had misplaced priority. Say misplaced priority. And priority. What is priority? Priority and purpose, basically, is the original intent why something exists. What's your purpose? It's the original intent why you exist right now. Everybody here exists in this time frame right now because there is a purpose God has for you in this time frame. That's why you were born back in the Roman days or back in Jesus' day. Because God saw you, he formed you in the womb, and he knew exactly there was something that needed to be done in this day and hour. And he put you in the womb, got you birthed in here, so could find that purpose to fulfill his will somewhere in this earth realm. There is nobody here that's insignificant. Everybody's important to God. Everybody's got a purpose that God has given them. And as you find that and as you study that, and let me tell you right now, the purpose has to get off you. We're all born selfish. That's the way we are. Me, why I? Why do they do this? Why don't they do that? Why don't somebody help me? Why don't? Until that can be broken in your life and you start looking at other people rather than you all the time, until you're looking to help others rather than help you all the time or be helped all the time, you're never going to move into your purpose because that's not godly. Godly is basically a giving thing. God so loved the world that he gave. So the question, big question in my life was, why was I created? At the age of 30, I got born again. 
I get delivered of alcohol. Well, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why was I created? What am I supposed to do? What's going to happen? What should I do this? At first, you know, I had an absolute priority because I didn't know what I was doing. Then I did misplaced priority. I started going in the wrong direction on everything. I started shooting out. You know, when you get excited for Jesus, you, you want to do everything. You see a preacher on TV, that's me. Pretty soon I was Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Roddy Howard Brown, and everybody else in between. And that's not it. I'm not here to fulfill their purpose. I can be thankful that they're operating in their purpose to help me get my priority to finish my purpose, but I can't be them. Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to be anybody else. Aren't you glad? I mean, one of each of us is enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's plenty, isn't it? So basically, what was I trying to do? I was trying to find my priority somehow. There's many gifted speakers out there, but they're speaking the wrong message. There's many gifted singers out there. They're singing the wrong songs. They're singing songs and messages that destroy the morality of this country, destroy families, and destroy marriages. How many know the gift was given to them from God, but their purpose and priorities are wrong, so they're misusing that gift? And how many of you know we've got to live this life? We don't really have a choice. We're going to be here, and we're going to be accountable one day for what we did in this life. So I'd rather be accountable knowing that I fulfilled my purpose here than going up there and not having any idea what I was supposed to do to begin with. So basically there's a purpose, say a purpose. And we don't want to waste our time. We don't want to waste our life. We don't want to waste our total time here basically by doing what we think makes us happy. If you're if you're excited and then and then discouraged, excited one day, discouraged six, because you're trying to fill that hole with something of the natural realm. And by doing that, you get it the first day and oh, utopia. And next day, you couldn't care less whether you got it or not anyway. So you don't know why you even paid for it or got it or bought it or had things or anything else. And then you go back into depression. So what do you do? You try to find something else. Maybe this will do it. Maybe that will do it. Maybe if I get this. Maybe if someone just says that. Maybe if something else. That's not your peace and joy. Your peace and joy is operating in the purpose that God placed you here to do. And when you get in that person's peace and joy, everything just seems to happen good. Once you find your purpose and start doing your priority to get to that purpose, basically your life totally turns around and you can easily be delivered from any dumb thing you've got yourself into. Glory to God. That's good news. Deliverance doesn't take 14 years. It takes one heart commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ and he will break everything off of your life. Praise God. Just like that. But how many know you got to pursue him then? You can't say, I feel better now and praise God. I'm going to go back living the way I did. You can't do that. We found out Wednesday night that you can have seven devils rather than one. If you go there, so when Jesus does something in your life, you want to, you want to find your purpose. You want to find your plan. You want to go there. Go to Genesis chapter 1. The greatest tragedy in life is not death. It is living your life without a purpose. The greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong thing. All right, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is the creation of man. Now, how many know that God created man for a purpose? Look at verse 26. And God said, let us make man or woman in our image and our likeness and let them have Dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over everything that moveth upon the earth. 
So remember, see, God created man for what purpose? Dominion. Dominion over this earth realm. That's why you were put here. You were put here not only to have dominion over this entire earth realm, but to manage this earth realm and the assets that God gives you. Your mandate is kingdom rulership or management over this earth realm. Now, in the early days, when Adam was born, property was not a was not a problem. Purpose was not a problem. They walked in the cool of the day in the presence of God. They had a job to do. What did they do? They took care of the garden. So they had a plan. They had purpose. They had priority. Everything was going good. But then the fall came. And once the fall came, man changed. How many of you know man changed? What happened? He lost his fellowship with God. He lost his plan. He lost his purpose. He had no idea why he was here. He was operating in fear rather than faith. So what did he do? He hid himself from God. The same one he was walking in fellowship with before. So notice, God didn't change. Man changed. Everybody thinks God got mad and changed. No, we changed. We're the problem. He's never the issue. God still loved us, still wanted mankind, still wanted us to have a purpose, still wanted us to have a priority. So what did he do? He sent Jesus to the cross to restore us back to Genesis chapter 1, which gives us dominion once again on the earth. Now notice, when man was originally created, he was created to rule over things rather than pursue things. In other words, God gave him everything. He was just in management, ruling all the things. Once man fell, all at once everything changed. All at once, he wasn't being provided anymore. He didn't have any fellowship with God anymore. So basically, all the things that he had for free, he had to get himself now because he came under something called the curse. Say the curse. So man immediately began to pursue things. Say things. Like from Genesis chapter 3. What is this? All right, Genesis chapter 3, and verse 17. And God said unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shall thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread, Till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, from the dust thou art, and from the dust thou shalt what? No, no, it's all once God comes to me and says, hey, man, you messed up. And when you messed up, basically, you came under the curse. What's the curse? The curse is basically having to strive and struggle to get the things that God freely gave to mankind in the beginning before he came under the curse. So what did man start doing? Man had to start trying to find his own water. He had to try to get his own shelter. He had to try to find his own food. He had to do it. And this is what man was. He was fearful. He didn't know what to do. God was no longer providing for him. He was cut off. This has been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation to this generation. And the main purpose of most people here is just to acquire food, water. We live each day with four. To have food, to have water, to have shelter, to try to survive. We just want to survive. Well, notice, if that's what happened to man when he came under the curse, then you can be a Christian living under the, you can say, I'm redeemed from the curse all you want, but if things are your priority and getting things, then you're still living under the curse without even knowing you're under the. See, so now what do we, what do we determine? I, we can determine 90% of the church is living under the curse. 
Because the whole thing's got to do with things. I got to have things. I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to do this. So what did mankind do? Basically, they invented something called religion. They decided to do something. Remember, in the Bible, it's called the fig leaf. They didn't go to God and get changed. They just got a fig leaf trying to cover them. Well, religion is basically the fig leaf covering for the church today. What does religion do? Well, they got religion so they could basically find a way back to God. You don't have to find a way back to God. God found a way back to you. Amen. So what does it do? It gets you in a position where you want to keep doing this and doing that. I'm going to get back to God. I went to church twice now. Hallelujah. I came on Wednesday night once. I sang real loud during praise and worship. I'm getting close to God. That don't get you close to God. That's a fig leaf. Jesus came freely and delivered each and every person in here and opened up so that you could be born again. So what did they do? They thought the only way that we can do it in religion is to appease a God. So they made up God, son God. Needed rain, rain God. Needed crops, crop God. Needed to have a baby, fertility God. What did they do? They just came up with different gods because they did not know the one true God, and he was no longer providing for them. So what did they do with these gods? They brought them crops. They brought them food. What are they trying to do? They were trying to manipulate their so-called gods to give them what they needed. They were, they were trying to manipulate their gods so their gods would give them what they needed. Most Christianity is simply trying to manipulate God so that he gives them what they need. See, all Christianity is built on about, is about getting things from God. Don't we ever care what God wants from us? See, the kingdom teaches you what God wants from you. Christianity teaches you what you can get from God. And let's face it, a symptom comes on my body, and I study, and I quote the word, and I do everything, and I yell at hallelujah, and I do everything, and the symptom's still there. I start getting mad at God. Why? Because I'm trying to manipulate him to heal me, and if he don't heal me, I've got a whole list of stuff here I did to get healed. Look at that list. Why do you this person around? God should be doing something for him. It's not based on what you did for him. It's based on what he did for you. See? So we go right back into religion that way. Well, I needed that twenty dollars to make it through this week, and I prayed and blessed God. It came for me, and I don't know. I, I jumped up and down, and I fasted, and I did. No, no, no. It's simply believing that He will provide. And in the meantime, I'm fulfilling His needs for my life, rather than my needs going to Him. And I'm no longer in what the Bible calls paganism. What's a pagan? A pagan is someone who's very devout, they're very religious, but they're constantly trying to earn something from a deity because they need something. I need healed, I need clothes, I need I need a house, I need all this stuff. So I'm going to try to manipulate God, I'm going to try to qualify to God, I'm going to try to earn these things, I'm going to try to get these things, I'm going to try to get them from God. But notice, when you change your motive and your attention to what God wants from you and stop operating in that, you'll never have to worry about all the things you've been trying to get. Look at Christians, 99% of their prayers, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, I need a new house. Lord, I need a new car. Lord, send me money. Lord, do this. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to come to a place where his purpose is more important than your purpose. And his priorities are more important than your priorities. So if my priority is things, I'll work three jobs. I'll work 18 hours a week if I have to to get my stuff. I'll find a better job, even if I don't like it. I'll do whatever I can to get the things that belong to me. But if your priority is God's purpose, you'll spend more time in church Under true word, and you get it here. More time in prayer. See? Cooking. 
I'm a good Christian to pray Jesus on the fence, but I'm not able to give you a message. Okay, let's go to the workplace. Let's work 16 hours a day to get my money. Well, I need food. I need clothing. I need this. I need that. Well, if you follow Jesus, how many want to follow Jesus? How many think he did pretty good that he was down here? Everything worked out him pretty good. Then in order to do that, we're going to have to follow what Jesus did as his priority in order for it to work for us. Notice, we were created for him. He was not created for us. Is he here to meet all your needs? Yes. When your priority is lined up with his priority and his purpose, his purpose, you don't have to worry about anything in the natural again because the spiritual will just suck all those natural things into your life and you'll have plenty, praise God. Hallelujah. Alright, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, under verse 25, let's start there. Jesus is speaking, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought, or don't worry about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, neither gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto your stature? And why take ye the thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, ye of little what? So here we go. Here's my whole life. I'm born again. Hallelujah. I love Jesus with all my heart. And things are sort of working out. I'm a Christian, but I'm still broke. Still ain't got no money. Uh, don't seem to work out. The church don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm going to God. I'm serving you. I'm preaching every Sunday and every Wednesday. Can't you? Did you put those stars down on my calendar up there that I was doing that? And a gold star when I do a good one. And a black star when I do a bad one. You put everything up there. And I, I prayed for that person. Did you mark that up there, God? I don't know why you're not doing anything for me. I'm right now. Because at the same time, I'm just worried about everything you told me not to worry about. If he'd come here and preach this sermon today, he'd blow every Christian out of the water who was sitting there. He'd say, don't worry about that stuff. You'd think, I'm living for that stuff. Are you kidding me? That's why I'm living every day. That's why I'm going to work. That's what I need. I need this stuff. This is what i got to do. I'm asking God to do it. But notice Jesus says here, don't even worry. Say, don't worry. And let me tell you the best waste of time in your entire life. Worry. Sit there and worry all the time. First, you worry about things that aren't even going to happen. And second of all, you spend all your day worrying about things you can't change anyway. So stop it. He says, don't worry about your, your money. Don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about all this stuff. Basically, he says, notice, he says the lilies are taken care of. And he says the birds are taken care of. And notice who takes care of them. Not their heavenly father. My heavenly father. So if he's going to take care of a bush, come on now. And a mangy old bird and he's not even their father. I've got to sort of think it's about time to trust him if he is mine. Yes. He's my father. He's my daddy. Can you imagine your kids coming up to you? Am I going to have enough clothes to go to school today? Please. Oh, 
They know there's going to be clothes. They know there's going to be food. There's not going to be that stuff as long as you're not living outside what you should be. So I found out one of the biggest problems in my life was not I did not have enough faith, but I had the wrong priorities. I was still trying to acquire things from God. I thought that was my call. I thought that was it. And, you know, I was in the faith movement a long time. And that leans that way. How many of you know that? And everybody tell you, you know why you don't have that? You don't have enough faith. So I read more. And I confessed more. And I shouted, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh, money cometh. But money didn't cometh. Money kept going. And I'm telling you, this is a period of time. I'm not saying if you're born again yesterday, you would be here. I'm telling you, I was far enough along where I should have known this already. But I read that scripture, just didn't, you know, you read this stuff and it don't make any sense. Now it wants to think, my God, what happened? He changed it. Put new verses in there or something. No, all once it registers with you. He says, yeah, it's because your purpose is wrong. Your priorities are wrong. Stop worrying about your money. Start worrying about the church's money. Start worrying about all this thing. And seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. You've got to be kidding me. That's too easy. i got to do more. i got to do that. No, no. He said it's simple. And that's what Jesus did. How many know he saw the kingdom first? He preached the kingdom first. He had, a, he had a blowout revival one time. The maimed were healed. The blind were healed. The deaf were healed. And the kingdom said, Jesus, where do you want to set up this revival tent? Praise God. We're going to have ourselves a party. And he said, now, i got to go to the next county because I must preach the kingdom of God. See, there was time when he could have lost his focus. Hey, yeah. Let's do it. We'll take up a couple offerings. A lot of people coming, get healed. Let's do that. But he never lost the kingdom focus that he had. So he constantly was on the kingdom, constantly the kingdom. So then, you know, the earth gets messed up, and God's trying his best to get his kingdom back into the earth realm. But the only way he can get it back in is through the human deeds that he created to extend the kingdom now. So you're here. Once you get born again, if you just focus on expanding the kingdom of God, Come on, when's the last time you talked to somebody about Jesus? When's the last time you shared your personal experience? Well, that was 20 years ago. It's still hot today. You understand? It, it might be old to you, but when you got touched by God, when he hit me in that Catholic confessional, and he set me free, and the sky got bluer, and every grass got greener and everything, it's still alive in me, and it'll be alive to other people who are in the same spot you were at that time. We should be extending this kingdom every single day. You want righteousness, peace, and joy? then you've got to be doing the purpose that you were created here to do. And that's just not prayer. That's just not this or that. No, I'm going to try to extend the kingdom of God in whatever fashion I can. I wrote the book. What for? To extend the kingdom of God. Not to become a millionaire, not to become on TBN or CBN or BBN or any other end. I want to get the book out there, praise God. So what are we doing? We're giving the book. If you can't afford it, you're in trouble. So we put them back there. Give them. If you've got a business, put some in there. What are you doing? You've got an opportunity to give it. I don't care if you give about 10 books and one person reads and gets touched. You've just extended the kingdom of God. Someone got born again. Someone knows. You're with workers, co-workers, or around people. Everything you do is an opportunity. I tell people all the time. There's a couple guys I play basketball with. One guy, he's in a, he's in a high school, and he helps coach football, and he helps coach basketball. And I just went to him, and I just said, hey, and, you know, he's not really not interested in God. I mean, he knows he, he claims to be born again or whatever. I said, you don't understand the opportunity you have with all the young gentlemen you're dealing with in high school right now. You've got 40 football players. You've got 30 basketball players. You can influence their life right now at this age. You're just not there to make sure they win a game, not there to discipline, not to, no, you've got it. Why, why do you think God puts people in places? 
You think that's an accident? No, but until he finds his purpose, he's not going to be fulfilled. I don't care if they go 42 and 0, he still is going to wait away. But when he starts touching each one of those kids' life, and those kids go on to preach the gospel and do the things they're supposed to do, that's what's gratifying. Come on. The last time you touched somebody's life, it was old happy day. You don't know why you didn't do that much, but my God, somebody got happy. Somebody got touched. Somebody got changed. Somebody got delivered. Somebody, that's the hap the true happiness. Why? You're finally fulfilling your purpose you were created to do. Amen. See? A new car is going to make you happy for two days. I keep thinking, I, you know, I got this car out here. Uh, I know it's time for a new one. I probably should get a new one. I got the old one. But then every time I pull like in public, I say, I can park right up front here in between everybody. I'm going to park way out there so I get a new car so they don't ding me. Come on, nobody's going to eat the car anymore. We eat the car all the time. There goes the food again. Do I want that, Henry? Or I just want to stay in the old car and do whatever I want to do? Come on now. So is that bringing me happiness? It may be stressing me out if I care that much about the car. But all these natural things are what we think are going to make us happy, what we think we're going to do. And that's not the answer. The answer is to fulfill the purpose that you were created to do. And as you fulfill that purpose, I mean, some of you got touched recently. Some of you have been delivered recently. Tell somebody else. Well, who do I do? Look around. About five out of every nine, praise God, need something. You know, they're right there. It's an opportunity to touch somebody, opportunity to reach out. Whatever opportunity you got, the book basically is just an easy way to do it. I just hand it to them and run. <laughs> Come on, ain't that the truth? I want to witness, but I don't want to talk to them here. Nice to know you, and off you go. Nice stop. And they either read it or they don't read it. But that's what we got to be looking for. You've got jobs. You're around people. You're running into people every day. My hairdresser I've had now for 30 years basically has taken books. Every time I go in, I've given her eight books. I've come back one time when there was one left. I mean, her clients come in, they see the book. Oh, I'd like to read it. Take it. So they take it. So they take it. So every month I take in eight more, they're gone. Every month I take in eight more, they're gone. What is, i got to believe somebody's getting touched. And if they're sitting there and being picked up by somebody, you know, you're not trying to sell it. But God forbid you stand out and try to give them away. They think you're trying to get a donation or something. You can't do that. But that's just one. I'm just talking about one small way of doing this. One, one, I mean, we've we got these online with the Zoom stuff that's touching people's lives. They get an opportunity to get taught. Not only delivered, but then taught. I mean, you don't need to be taught after you get delivered. My God, sometimes as Christians, we just want to get everybody born again. I hear some of these preachers, we went in there and we got 4,000 people born again. Now what are you going to do with all them babies? We're going to another country. Yeah, well, somebody's got to take care of them. Somebody's got to change their diaper. Somebody's got to help them. Somebody's got to feed them some milk. Somebody's got to do things. And if you don't think there's a lot of diaper changing with new Christians, you're nuts. They're going to make some messes. And how many know that's okay? Just think back when you got born again. Well, that stuff didn't, we had no idea. We just felt better, knew we were headed in the right direction for the first time, and we wanted to go. So we ate everything. Whatever it was. But we want to get them before religion gets them. Before they're trying to qualify for God and do something for God, so God will reward them for what they're doing. That's religion. It's religion. All I pray for is I stay in your purpose, and I stay in your righteousness. And if both those are granted and I can do them, guess what's going to happen? All these things are going to be added unto me. And they have been. For the last 12 years, they've been added. For the first nine years of my ministry, they tr trust me, they were not being added. I think Mr. Subtraction was involved back then. So there was nothing there. I had nothing. The church had nothing. We had death. And I just couldn't figure it out. You know, I was, I was human heartily. I was humble, sweet doing my best for the glory of God. 
and worrying 23 hours out of the 24 hours a day about the ministry and about my own house and about my kids. And these kids go to college and this kid's here. And it doesn't work that way. So Jesus comes along and says, stop worrying. And how many people do you think that call themselves Christians worry much? See, this is what everybody's life is based on. But if you want to get free, if you want to live in righteousness, if you want to live in peace, if you want to live in joy of the Holy Ghost, then basically just start doing the purpose of the you got to tell you what, you lead somebody to the Lord and it's going to make you so excited. Angelo's been doing that ever since he got born again. Everybody he sees, he just talks to and sits there. Of course, he's with James, and of course, James could talk to a tree for like four days. <laughs> and it'd probably get saved. <laughs> But what is what keeps your fire lit? What keeps you going? Now that I'm saved, now give me, give me, give me, and everybody should give it to me, and Lord have to give it to me, and I want a new car, and I want a boat, and I want a house, and I want all this stuff. Yeah, I'm a Christian. No, no. And those things aren't bad. You got to be careful if you really start serving God. You may end up with a boat and three cars. But I mean, you know, that's all right then. You know, it's not a prosperity gospel. It's a priority gospel. If you got priorities right, you can't help but be prosperous. And if you're prosperous, you're going to give. But the more you give, then the bad thing is it keeps coming. See, it's illogically logical. <laughs> it don't make any sense at all. It don't make any sense, but it worketh, praise God. So that's all I want to do. I'm going to focus the rest of my life on just doing his purpose. And in order to do that, I've got to have a priority. I can't put this book down for two weeks and pick it back up. I can't stay away from the Lord and not pray for a long time then expect to do it. Because you'll start sliding off into worldly desires. And what's that called? Back slide. Thank God it's not a jump, it's a similar slide. And you can pull yourself right up. How do you do that? Get back in the things of God. So what was my priority when I found it? It was to study this word. It was to bring people out of religion. It was to get people saved. It was to minister to people who would then minister to people. See, the reason why you get grown up is not so you can sit here and say, Pastor, that's great. The question is, what are you doing with what you're growing up with? See, it's an extension. So you extend to one and another. It's a domino effect. That's how the kingdom's going to come back. One person to 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 one person. And that's the way it's going to spread in this day and this hour. But you've got to be looking at the right purpose or you're going to be a very sad person. How can I make more money? Well, just press in longer and do more God's purpose and the money's going to come. See, If God don't take care of me, then who's going? And, and we say we trust him. You trust the Lord? Yes. How's it going, good Lord? My daddy hasn't given me anything. He can't pay my bills. He can't do nothing. Well, then you don't trust him. Don't give me that. You ain't really trusting him. It's a cliche of the Christian day. Basically, you say that you do. But that's not it. And we don't want to live in We don't want to have a pagan church. See? Does God want to have you things? It's his pleasure to give you the entire kingdom. He'll not give you things. He must give you the whole darn caboodle. Praise God. But what do you do when you line up with him and you get going in that direction? So then what do I want to do? I want to get in the kingdom of God. When I get born again, I'm in there. But then I want to also follow his righteousness. What's righteousness? Right alignment with the kingdom. People say, well, I live righteously. Well, do you? See, because the kingdom has different laws than the natural realm. So you can be living in natural realm law and not getting anything from God, or you can be living in kingdom righteousness laws. Well, how am I going to know what he wants? Pastor, I've been reading a book and wrote it down. <laughs> and I never read the Bible. Well, then you're in trouble. Tell you right now, you're not following the laws of God. Because this is one of the laws of God. It's your priority and your purpose. And the church don't teach it. And the church don't understand it. So the church is all out there begging for God to do something. And the bad thing about religion is once you get in it, 
it's hard for you to get out of it. You can be in religion for 10 years and it's not working and you'll still stay there. How long have you been going to church there? 10 years now. What's happened? Nothing. We just go. Well, Aunt Susie goes there. Uncle Henry goes there. I like the pastor. He's a pretty nice guy. He's rich guy. Are you growing now? There should be a hunger for growth in your life, a hunger for growth in your heart, to go someplace else. Because if we could grow up into God, how many know that's a long trip? And it's a little bit at a time, so what am I going to be doing? I'm looking to change every day the motives of my heart. Thank God he revealed to me 12 years ago. There's no way I was going to stay in the ministry another two years of the way things were looking then. It just wasn't going to work there. Because once you're in debt in three, four different places, you can't come out of it. It's over with. And in your life, maybe you're in bondage someplace. You'll come out of that. Just switch your qualities, switch your purpose, head in the right direction, get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will deliver you right away. Praise God. God needs you and wants you to live in deliverance. He wants you to be there. He wants you to do what your purpose and plan is for you and what you're called to do. And nothing will make you happy or fulfilled. The Bible says that basically if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be You'll be filled, won't you? You'll be filled up to the very top, praise God. Why is that? Because that's your purpose, and that's what God has told you to do. 5633, while we're here. 33 says, but seek ye when? First. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be, and all the things he's talking about is the natural things, isn't he? Now look at verse 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I mean, no, that's the truth. No sense getting into tomorrow's problems. You're just dealing with one day at a time. So basically, there's a purpose for us to do. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are or how long you've been a Christian. You can start operating in this purpose in your life. Change your priorities to get in the purpose. Walk in the right standing with God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Tell somebody what he's done for you. You've been a Christian for 20 years and you got nothing at all. And something's wrong. See? So just tell them, hey, what happened? Well, I, I was an alcoholic. Good, what happened? Well, I went to a confessional and praise God, I told Jesus I was having a whole bunch of problems and I needed to do something. He needed to do something in my life and he touched my life. And alcohol broke off my life and I felt the presence of God all over me. And my gosh, he became real to me and he did. He really became real. Yeah, he became real to me. He was really real to me. He may have just supplied one of my needs and become more real to me. See, when things happen that you're asking for and God shows himself real, how many know sometimes you're shocked? That shows our prayer life, doesn't it? You pray for 10 things, they all come to pass, and you can't believe it. And you shouldn't have believed it before it happened. But we're sometimes we're the most shocked ones. Guess what he did? What? He answered my prayer. Really? Yeah. It's amazing. But no, we should be thinking this way all the time. I trust he's going to take care of me, my family, the church, and everything else. I'm just going to keep pressing into the Word of God and learning more. I'm going to keep making disciples of Jesus Christ. So we make more disciples of Jesus Christ. We know that the Internet's a great thing. You know, this Zoom stuff and this stuff. And, you know, our daily message gets out there. and People are reading that and uh, everything gets out. And it's good. How many know that's good? And that's a way to evangelize us. We just we share the Word of God online. It goes with your relation and your people. See, some of you have got a lot of peoples. Nice Facebook got people. Not people, it's people. But when I share it to my seven people, people get blessed. And some of you got more than that. I've never heard the word of God. You might need to get saved. You might need to get born again. That's what you want to do. You want to do that. And I'll tell you what, if you make that your priority, you know, everything else will start to line up. I'd say you got to do this 24 hours a day. And I'm not telling you to quit your job. 
I'm telling you that while on your job, the kingdom of God should be first in your life. It changed my whole life as a mailman. Before that, it was hot. It was stinky. I was stuck in a dumb truck. It was no fun. But once I found out I had a ministry out of that truck, that every person I was delivering mail to, 600 of them, and I could bring them to Jesus, and I could lay hands on them, and I could do this. Oh, once it got fun again. That's something new. Why? I was once again stepped into my purpose. My priority was there, and I was working in the things of God. And that's where your peace and joy are. Lord, give me peace and joy. He's not going to do it. I've already got it to begin with, but it's got to be released, and it's a spiritual thing on the inside of you. Hallelujah. So every one of you in here, you've got a purpose. And I don't care if you're 100 years old and you live to be 101, you still got one year to do it. I don't care if you're 17. If you start doing it now, you are going to be the happiest, richest person. I time you're 20 than anybody's ever seen before. But you've got to be the one that does it. You've got to be the one that throws off this worldly mentality, this worldly things. I mean, look at everybody who's wonderful right now. They're famous, they're rich, they're movie stars. Who cares? You know? If you go before the Lord, they're not going to care how many movies you made. How many songs you wrote. He's going to ask what kind of songs. What kind of movies did you make? Because it's all about the kingdom of God for him. It was all about the kingdom for Jesus Christ. And it's all about the kingdom for us now in this year of 2021. Hallelujah. Alright, jump up this morning. This is the way we're gonna ever have a chance to take anything like Fort Pierce, Fort St. Lucie, Stewart. We're just gonna go one person at a time, man. And everybody, you know, if everybody touch one up to one person this week, look how many more people would be going to the kingdom of God than next week. We have another 70 people in the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about you have to bring the church. They come to church and love what they want to, they need to, but we're not building the church, we're building the kingdom. Yes. This is a small part of the kingdom, but it's part of it, bless God. I'll take that. Hallelujah. Right, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you right now that you would correct the noise of everybody's heart here, including mine. That you would show us through your word and through your spirit of God what we are to do this week and every week of our lives to fulfill your call and purpose on our life which is to extend your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for making us ambassadors for you. We'll speak your word, we'll operate in kingdom ways, and we'll change this natural world by the power of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for each and every person who gets touched this week through this body. I thank you not only touched, but they will continue to pursue you, your kingdom, and your righteousness. And I thank you that you would use us to do this in this day and hour. We give you praise for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. the key.